This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Michael Pivovar, he is executive director of the Milken Institute Center for Financial Markets, former SEC commissioner. He served as a senior economist at the President's Council of Economic Advisors in both the George W. Bush and Barack Obama administrations. So during the financial crisis and also in its immediate aftermath, he joins us uh, on this Thursday on the phone from Washington. Michael, so nice to have you here. I feel like I have a million questions. Um, I think so often when we talk about some of the programs that are being um, put together out of uh, Congress and the president to help uh, this crisis and the stimulus programs, we make the comparison to the financial crisis. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, in some ways there's some similarities and in many ways are differences. If you think back to the, to the global financial crisis 2008-2009, it, it really started in the financial sector. Uh, what we had was we had banks that were undercapitalized. They had too much leverage. Most of it was hidden. It was off balance sheet. Remember, we had special investment vehicles, sieves. We had um, over-the-counter derivatives that regulators had no insight into what were the exposures or the counterparties. And we had a, a crisis that began in the f- financial sector, and then that spilled over to the real economy, and then and that we had the subsequent recession. The current crisis, obviously, we start with a health crisis um, in the government response in many ways, particularly with um, things like, you know, lockdowns and quarantines and stay at home orders and, and closing of non-essential businesses. Um, what that's doing is that's creating the spillover into the real economy. And by all accounts, the financial sector um, is in very good shape this time. In fact, um, if you look at what the government is doing, you know, the last time during global financial crisis, the banks were the problem. If you look at many of the ways, the channels through which the government is trying to get money out to individuals and small businesses, the banks are now part of the solution. So uh, in that way, uh, it's very different. Uh, some of the similarities are that when you're in it, it's very scary. Um, and when you're in it, you see big, scary numbers like, you know, the unemployment numbers that came out today. Um, and it's also similar in the fact that we're going to get through this and it's just a matter of time. And on the back end of this, we'll recover. And it's just uh, a matter of, 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 of fighting the fire with the, with the right tools. And so, Mike, given all of that, what's the advice you would give people who are on the front lines right now? And I bet you are giving them advice. What are you telling them? Yeah, so there's different uh, folks that we're, that we're talking to at the Milken Institute. We're, we're engaging with uh, members of the administration, with Congress, uh, with the regulators, uh, to try to be as helpful as we can. Um, you know, my message to um, the government officials is, um, you know, do whatever you can to keep the markets open. Um, you know, there's been a lot of volatility in the markets recently, but by all accounts, the financial markets have held up well. Um, they're providing necessary liquidity for uh, investors who want to sell. They're providing opportunities for investment to uh, for, for people who, who view investment opportunities. Um, they're producing uh, prices that, that that give information to investors, but also to policymakers to think through what are the next steps in terms of um, what type of assistance they want to do they want to give targeted to specific uh, industries or right. to specific companies. And so they're working as they're working well. I want to ask you specifically, though, about the financial sector. Um, yesterday, the Fed is going to it came out and said it's going to let Wall Street banks take on more leverage so they can mm-hmm. absorb um, what's a really a severe lack of liquidity for treasuries and a surge in customer deposits because of the coronavirus pandemic. So basically, they're relaxing a key limit 
on the level of debt Wall Street can take on now. This fundamental leverage ratio was part of the response in the 2000 or coming out of the 2008 crisis. Are we potentially, though, stepping back, rolling back some of those backstops that we put in place after the financial crisis that could get us into trouble, Mike? Um, we could end up there, but the, the, the particular thing that the Fed did on Wednesday is not troubling uh, in any way. Um, the, the Fed has an, a, a sort of two sets of capital requirements. Uh, one is a risk-based set of capital requirements, which requires you to have a, hold a certain amount of capital, or the opposite of that is it limits the amount of leverage that you can have given the riskiness of the assets on the asset side of your balance sheet. So it takes into account if riskier risk for riskier assets, um, you need to fund it with more uh, with more equity capital and less debt, less risky assets. You don't have to worry about that. The 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 key restraint that they lessened uh, on on Wednesday was something called the supplemental leverage ratio, and that's a second type of backstop that they have, which is uh, the leverage ratio is just a simple ratio that takes into account the the amount of leverage or or, or the converse is the amount of capital that you have to have right. um, without taking into account the riskiness of, of the assets. It's just a simple leverage ratio. And what they did was they relaxed that a little bit and moved more toward the risk base where they said they're not going to count um, treasuries or um, assets held in reserves at, at any of the Federal Reserve banks. Those are completely riskless. And so the fact that they pulled back on those, um, is, it does, doesn't give me um, uh, a, a, any pause at all. Uh, what it what it's going to do is allow the banks to increase the size of their balance sheet and in effect do more lending right um, and not take into account they have these these riskless assets if i can squeeze in really just 30 seconds you got to be quick do you think that there's any point amid the volatility that we should think about shutting down the markets and you do have to be quick if you could yeah sure no absolutely not the markets are functioning uh, as they should a few weeks ago we had some of the market circuit breakers trip um, that's a measure of the success of, of some of the structures that are in place, not a measure of, of, of things that we should be worrying about. Um, of course, the regulator is going to look at calibrating those to make sure that we have those correctly. Right. But in terms of incorporating fundamental volatility, the markets are working perfectly. Well, let's continue our conversation with Michael Pivovar. He is executive director for the Milken Institute Center for Financial Markets, former SEC Chair, former staffer on the White House Economic Council, joining us on the phone from Virginia. Uh, so, Michael, I want to bring up a topic with you that's been very front of mind with us. Uh, we spoke earlier in the week with uh, Robert Reich. He was talking about the program, the fiscal stimulus program, as it relates to getting money to corporations. And this will come as no surprise to you. Not a big fan of corporate bailouts, Robert Reich uh, uh, isn't. But uh, I do want your take on what is the best way to get money pumped back into this economy? Yeah, I'm not a fan of, of corporate bailouts either. Um, as you mentioned, I was at the White House during the global financial crisis. And you know, unfortunately, you know, we had the bank bail out the bank. Um, and the reason the main reason for that is because banks did not up until uh, Dodd-Frank did not have a really good way to go through bankruptcy and go through uh, a restructuring Chapter 11 type bankruptcy. Um, and so failure was not an option. So um, it was uh, I found it abhorrent, but we had to end up doing it. I'm not a, a fan of, of corporate bailouts at all. So so what's the alternative? And that's to, to get checks in the hands of individuals as quick as possible. And so I think that has um, the, the potential to be the biggest impact um, and to have the, less, uh, the least amount of political blowback on the back end of this is to get as many 
as much money and checks into people who need it um, as quick as possible. And so uh, let's continue down that thread because, you know, how do you best do that? Is it checks? Is it unemployment insurance? I mean, that seems and an, an extension there. What are the best mechanisms to, to really get that money? And how do you essentially do it in such a way that there's not a lot of red tape and people actually get the money? So right now, um, the the government has taken the correct approach, which is, um, to answer your question, which way do you do it? The answer is yes. You do all of those right (laughs) now, and then you adjust on the fly, right? You worry about things like um, people going on unemployment insurance because they can make more money than, than, you know, by not working than by working. We can make those adjustments in real time. Um, Those are second-order effects. Those are second-order type of, of, of considerations. Uh, but right now, you want to get that money. You want to do everything you can right now um, and then dynamically adjust for that. I mean, we saw the number of the unemployment numbers um, this this morning were, were, were a big, scary number. Right. And, it, and it's going to continue to be bad. So, okay, naive question of the day, perhaps of the year, perhaps of the decade. So why does it keep happening that we get corporate bailouts? I mean, um, Bob Reich, of course, you know, talks about how – it's the companies that have the deep pockets that do the lobbying to make sure that they're heard in Washington. Is it just is it just that? And what a shame. And how do we change the system? Well, if you look at this time, what what Congress and the administration are trying to do is, is avoid that happening and 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 try to get as much assistance to not only individuals but small businesses, Main Street businesses. Right? You have the the um, the Paycheck Program, the Paycheck Protection Program that the SBA and Treasury are trying to do for small businesses. The Fed has announced that they're going to stand up a new facility. You know, they basically restood up some of the, the, the their old facilities that they rolled out during the financial crisis, and they announced they're going to new, do another one specifically for Main Street businesses. So my hope is that we don't end up with, um, you know, the, the, the biggest corporations get the biggest bailouts because they have the, they spend the most amount of lobbying money. But there is still $500 billion that's going to hard-hit industries, and that includes, you know, whether it's the airlines and so on and so forth. Do you think something like that is the right thing to do to help out? Um, I mean, it, 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 it remains to be seen. We have to I mean, we have to use that money judiciously um, to try to figure things out. I mean, obviously, what we care most about is um, the employees who work for those companies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can talk all the numbers we, we want, um, but it really comes down to individuals. And so what you want to do is put the employees first um, and think about them. And then at the back of the line, you want to make considerations of creditors and, and shareholders. Right. Because the last thing we want to do is bail out shareholders. And what we saw in the last crisis is that also creditors tended to get bailed out, right, bailed out right. too. So, um, we, we, you know, we want to make sure that we're taking into account um, the employees first. All right. I'm going to master you with a 30-second <laughs> question here, Michael, to round it out. Uh, next set of stimulus, what's the single most important thing we need to do? Um, there's, there's a couple things out there. I, I would say the number one is um, to look at uh, state and local governments uh, right yeah. now. They're going to be hit very hard. They, they were hit very hard during the global financial crisis. They were sort of like the second wave of things that came in, and I, and I expect that they're going to be a. They, they, a lot of them haven't recovered since the global financial crisis, and so they're in they're in bad shape right now. So uh, I think getting um, uh, money to those so they can we can pay our uh, you know our firefighters and our and our, mm-hmm. and our police officers and our teachers uh, and the like is important. All right, we're going to leave it there. We hope you will come back and spend some time with us. Such a great conversation. We really appreciate it. Michael Pivovar is executive director for the Milken Institute Center for Financial Markets. Agree.
we know well. There's some smart folks who work uh, in that group for sure. Love the Milken Institute, and I love what he had to say about states. Joe Weisenthal of Bloomberg wrote about that you sometimes yep. need to think about the states as emerging economies, that they all you know, have different uh, things they benefit from or lose from. And so we need to kind of think about that and in providing assistance for them. So really smart point.